Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So the, this morning, um, as Pastor Joel mentioned, you know, I uh, just want to Firstly, just welcome those watching online with us uh, uh, this morning. Whether you're going to, w- whether you're watching with us now or, or watching at another time, and you know, and for everyone else here, just this morning, hey, I just encourage you, let's let's lean in this morning. Uh, Pastor Joel spoke an awesome uh, message the other week around you know familiarity and and not becoming familiar with what we're a part of and around discipleship. You know, as we're as we um, as he mentioned before that we we're, we're going to continue on uh, with this theme of discipleship and and let's not become familiar with what we're a part of. You know, this morning as we you know just as I was uh, listening you know to to our team leaders in worship, you know we are so blessed. We are so blessed. You know, when you see all the things that we have that goes on that go on during the week and, and our amazing church family, we are such a blessed church. Let's not take that for granted. You know, um, people here, you know, you may be, if you're a visitor here, we just want to welcome you and just, uh, just encourage you just to, to, to relax and enjoy um, this morning's service. Our, our heart is that, that God would, would speak to you this morning, that you would feel encouraged, that we'd all walk out of this place feeling encouraged, feeling challenged, feeling empowered to, to go out and, and, um, and not only to make disciples, but what, are, you know, what it is to, to, to be a disciple. Amen. So lean in this morning. As I, as I just mentioned before this morning, I'm going to kind of my aim for us this morning is that we're going to look at a little bit about what, what the Bible says about discipleship because I don't want it to be just about my thoughts and, and, and my journey. But I want, it, I want to see, you know, I want, to, I want to preface it with what the Bible says about discipleship. And, you know, because that's, that's you know, that's where we get our why. The why we disciple. And um, so, yeah, we're going to be looking at what the Bible says, and then we're going to look at what it, what it means to be a disciple and then what it means to make disciples. So why don't we just close our eyes and just going to open in prayer, and, um, and then we'll get into this word. So, so, Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, it is such an honor and a joy to come together with our church family and to honour you, to worship you. And this morning we just open our hearts. We open our hearts to what all that you have for us today. May you speak to us. May we be, Lord, may you, if we're not, not feeling hungry for, for you this morning, may you, may you start to stir up a hunger. And if, if um, those of us here who are, who are hungry, Lord, may you just continue to stir that. May you continue to stir that hunger, Lord. We just want you. Nothing else but you. Nothing else but you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. You're welcome in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, um, this week, you know, uh, there's... Our eldest daughter, uh, she had her seventh birthday this week. I just and um, and uh, you know she was so excited about about her birthday uh, that her her special her special request to me was that she said, "Dad, I was going to say something like father, as if she actually calls me father." Father, I try to get them to say it to me. I go, "No, no you're going to call me father." They don't they want, don't want to do that. But uh, she come up to me and goes, "Dad, can you talk to?" Uncle Benoit, and ask him if he can make me lasagna. Because, so, uh, Pastor Benoit, uh, so lovingly and uh, generously cooked her uh, lasagna. And so she was so happy uh, that she got, got to have her lasagna. So uh, thank you, Pastor Benoit, if you're watching. Um, uh, we yeah, thank you for lovingly cooking Addie uh, her lasagna for her seventh birthday. So a uh, big shout out to our pastors. Um, you know, it is always such an honor to be able to, to, be able to share and to be able to, to step up on this platform. And, and this morning I, I've told her what, what I have learned about discipleship. And, and I know that there are many people here that, you know, many of you here could get up here and, and, and share around discipleship and and you know you could speak you know um, some really uh, uh, 
great stuff around discipleship and 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 I know that um, you know so this is not something that it's you know that I'm so wonderful look at me but this is something this is a part of my journey and a part of what I've walked through and and you know I, my heart is that that it would encourage you this morning that you would feel encouraged because God doesn't expect uh, us to be perfect all he wants is hearts that are open and willing to learn and to grow. So let's open our hearts this morning as we, as we learn about discipleship. And so I just want to start with um, just around some people, just talking about some people that who've, who have influenced my life over the many years of growing up in this church. As, as I, you've heard me mention many times, I've been so blessed to be a part of, of this uh, church family uh, all my life. So so in about five months or whatever it is, I will be 39. Um, and so, so I've been here almost 39 years. Uh, uh, Mary Adler made a comment. I didn't, make, I didn't respond yet on, on Facebook. She saw Addie's birthday photo without no teeth in her, the top of her uh, mouth, the, the top two front two and Mary says I remember when that was you when you had no uh, teeth so that's how long I've been here for and um, but there are people in my life and, and, and my journey that that I've had that have been blessed uh, to be discipled by so is it okay if I share that a little bit about that this morning so Growing up in this church, so I went to our our kids church and there was a there was a lady that we called Auntie Jennifer, um, and what she taught me, she taught me about the Bible, she taught me about loving Jesus, but she also taught me and, and, and the, the kids that were there that, that church was fun. We had a lot of fun in kids' church growing up. Yes, I may have got in trouble a few times and sent back into church, um, but that's a part of being a church kid, uh, you know, you push the boundaries and get in trouble and get sent back in and um, who was anyone else like that growing up in, in church the, the the naughty naughty kid not just okay just just me um, I was also the class clown at school who else was a class clown in school yeah yeah not not many what okay it's just just there's only a few of us we can start our own little connect group called the, the Class Clowns. Um, <laughs> and we could dress up as clowns and freak out the people that have a fear of clowns. No. <laughs> so Auntie Jennifer, she would, you know, so faithfully each week speak into a handful of kids' lives and just love them and, and, and share about Jesus, talk, you know, share stories out of the Bible. We also learnt... You know, um, we'd have this little competition where we where we would learn all the uh, all the books of the Bible, and then we'd have um, you know have to say all the all the books in a, in a row. So did it, did anyone who else did that growing up in, in church or in um, kids church? Yeah. So I loved being a part of our kids ministry uh, growing up. It was called the main event. The main event. That's it. It wasn't the main event in here at church. No, it was out there where the multi-purpose room is now. That was the main event before we had even had the um, demountables at the back. Um, so, yeah, so that was only Jennifer. Then for kids, then in youth, and I've, you've heard me say this many times, but Paul and Michelle Green. Paul and Michelle Green. You can give them a round of applause because they, they are awesome You know, through my through my uh, youth youth years, they um, what was that? Who who made oh the wild years? Yes, yes, the wild years. I I was once again. I probably was a little bit naughty every now and then as well. Just that's just who I am. I'm a bit of a naughty boy. Um, <laughs> through youth, Paul and Michelle taught me about passionately loving Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever heard someone like when Paul has sp spoken, he is someone who is very passionate. And that would, that would both te teach me about passionately loving Jesus. But they also taught me that, that youth and church was not just for me. It wasn't just for me, but I was actually called to go out and invite people in, to go out and love people and to invite them to church. 
that youth and church was also for others. They also saw my potential as a leader and would speak destiny, the call of God, over me. They gave me many opportunities, you know, whether it was, um, you know, in worship or, or getting up and, and uh, sharing a, a short word. They gave me those opportunities because they saw the call of God on my life. And, and I, I've, I know you've, I've mentioned this before, but there was many times that when, back in the days when Paul would work out the, the doctor's surgery at Colborough, because I grew up in Colborough, Paul would pick me up after work and bring me into to youth uh, as well. And I'm so thankful for Paul and Michelle for, for being, you know, discipling through my youth years. Uh, and then growing up in this church, I was so blessed to have Pastor James Nanny. Uh, that that were that would speak into my life uh, over the the many years that they that they led our church here. Um, their home was all, always open to me, and I'm I'm forever grateful for that. You know, you know when like you know I, I could walk into their home and just and I could probably still do it, just walk into their house, open up the fridge, and just get out whatever I want and um, do that. That's how open their their home was to me. I don't know if they actually liked me doing it; I just did it. Um, but also, they were not afraid to speak the truth in love to me. They also saw my potential as a leader and would speak destiny and the call of God over me. They, lo- they taught me a lot about, about worship and about the presence of God. And, you know, our church is, is, um, is uh, a foundation was set because of Pastor James Nanny in this church. When you, when you hear, uh, uh, you know, our, our worship and, you, and, you can, and, and that sense of God's presence, that we actually... Um, uh, we prioritise that because of what Pastor Jason and Annie had taught us. So they, they, over the many years, they taught me many things. They taught me so much, and I'm forever grateful for, for, for Pastor James and Annie. And then also growing up um, here, I learned so much about worship. This, is, this, this church, this, uh, and, and in my home, growing up as a kid, I learned about worshiping God. So, my mum and dad uh, taught me what it um, was to to worship God. See, my mum and dad would live a life of worship. It wasn't just a Sunday, a Sunday experience or a Sunday expression. You know what would things that we would do on on on, um, on a Sunday morning? What would they would put on? You know, remember remember those uh, videos? Videos? Remember yeah, young people? Videos? VHS? Just like this, kind of like this this rectangle uh, thing about probably about that thick, about this big. You'd put it into this big insert. Yeah, uh, we would also back in the day. I, I'd you know as a kid, I'd put like a, a record on. Yeah, and then tape. So that's how old I'm getting. Um, but on a Sunday before church. While we're getting ready for church, we would put a video on and it would be like, you know, Hillsong Worship, uh, their albums or whatever. And we'd just have that on while we're getting ready, having breakfast, you know, and, and getting ready. So we had this, this atmosphere of worship. And, and the other thing that we'd, um, that we'd do, and I don't know, well, there's not really many people here. I don't know if Jess, if you ever stayed out with my, uh, my sister um, and coming in, we would actually, on the way into church, we'd actually sing Songs, yeah, there we go, yeah. We'd sing like songs on the way to church. So from Colborough into town here as a family, we would all get to worship lead. We'd all have to choose our song, what we want sung, and then we'd all sing it together. And no no music, it was just all acapella. Yeah, that's how it was, yeah, yeah. So we would, on the way to church... We would worship God together, and we'd we'd um, we'd yeah sing whatever songs was our favorite. So usually for a period of time, it'd be the same song that we'd want sung every every week, and and um, all have these sol- no, we didn't have solos. Um, but yeah, that's so that that was a part of my experience as a kid, grow you know in in, in the home watching mum sing and dad play the guitar, and I, and I thought, do I sing? Do I play the guitar? Why not be uh, greedy and do both? And um, I wasn't greedy. I just I looked at that and just thought, you know, growing up, I'm like, I want to do both. I want to be able to play the guitar and um, and sing. And so uh, they they saw 
my potential as a worshipper and gave me many opportunities. And, and those opportunities started back in kids' church. So Pastor Benai, you would have heard mention this before. But we'd, you know, they would come out, my parents would come out to kids' church and then they would lead us in uh, worship. They would have a couple of songs and then they would get a couple of us kids to get up and help lead or play the tambourine or play the bongos or the shaker or whatever it was, um, depending if you could sing or not, then you just played the instrument. Um, but they gave us those opportunities in kids' church. And then, so, um, so later on uh, in, my, in my teens, so when I was about 13, I joined this worship team, which is, well, when you think about that, it's like, uh, this is how, like, it's, I'm getting older. It's 25 years ago that I joined this worship team, and I'm still a part of it, and I love it. Um, did you know that when I first started, I actually started as a drummer? I started as a drummer. And I was so scared that I did not do any drum fills, like or a drum, what you'd say, drum roll, because I didn't want to make a, make a mistake. So I just went, and I, I was so scared. But they saw my potential, and, and, and over those years taught me what it was to really worship God, that it wasn't about me, it was all about God, and about giving Him all honour, giving Him all glory. And that's how I, you know, endeavor to, to continue to, to live my life. And, and whenever I um, worship God, that it wouldn't be about, hey, look at, look at me or look at us on the stage. But, hey, no, no, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And then also I want to um, give a shout out to, to Pastor Benaira and Pastor Charlie also because they have taught me many things um, over the years. As I mentioned before, growing up in this church, so Pastor Benaira, you know, he, when, I think when he moved here, I was just about to turn five or something like that. And so we've grown up together as, um, um, you know, in this church um, and as friends we would and still encourage one another. You know, and uh, but he's also in a, in the more recent years, you know, stepping into um, being our pastor. He's my pastor. Yes, he's he's yes, he's my best mate, but he's actually my pastor as well. So I honour Pastor Benaira and Pastor Charlie because they disciple me. They speak into my life. They encourage me. Pa- pastor Benaira and and myself, we've we've seen um, each other at our you know at our most vulnerable. At, at our lowest, but also we've been around each other at the most exciting times. You know, Pastor Benai was my best man at my wedding. I was his best man at his wedding. And we've, we've seen, you know, we've been through the highs and lows and we continue just to, to encourage one another. And so I, I, I say that because, you know, we should all have people. I mention all of this because... We should all have people in our world, you know, where even if it's just one person in your world right now, that you have, that you can be real with, that you consider that, you, that they is, are someone that disciples you. Do you have anyone that you know that you can call up at any time and talk to about whatever it is. As I said before, you know, with Pastor Benai, that, you know, that I can call him up and say, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm struggling or if I'm going through things, that I can call him up and, and he would speak life. Not only is he my friend, yeah, but he's my pastor and someone that, that I honour and, and, and am blessed to have as, uh, as a leader in my life. So I know that's pretty, a lot of things that I've, kind of spoke about there just to, to start off this morning but I felt that it was important just to kind of just to share a little bit about about my journey because there are probably some of you here that have had a similar type of experience you know if, if you've grown up in church you can probably remember back to when you're in kids church and and you had someone that that discipled you when you're in kids church or whether it is at youth but it doesn't mean that just because I grew up in church makes my uh, journey more important than someone that has only just given their life to Jesus, has only just started coming to church recently. That doesn't make that any more important or you'll make me any, any better. But there are some of you here that, 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 um, that this morning that I'm believing, if you don't have anyone um, to disciple you, my prayer this morning is that, that, um, to, that you would walk away going, God, 
would you bring into my world someone that can disciple me, someone that can help me in my journey with you? And not only that, but also, Lord, that, that, um, that you would bring people in my life that I can disciple that I can bring along in the journey, that I can, that I can um, mentor them, that I can disciple them through life's ups and downs. So as I said before, this is, so all of this, this is about um, what I was just speaking about. That's my discipleship uh, journey. And, and as I said, I was blessed uh, to, to grow up in this church. Um, so what we're going to go into now is I just want to talk about what the Bible says about discipleship. Now, I know because you've got your masks on, I can't tell if you're smiling or not. So, um, if, or, or if you're um, like sad or, or angry, um, I don't know if, if whatever that is. So, if like, you know, if you have a, a, a hanky or a tissue, I don't know, just uh, if, if you agree with something, I don't know, wave it, I don't know. Do whatever you can just to, there, there we go. Um, or if you want to just get up and, and do a little jig or whatever every time you agree with something, I don't know. But it's a little bit harder, um, so so I don't know if you're smiling or not, or just nod, or just like yeah, 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 or really make your eyebrows go as high as as you can. Um, that that'd be that'd be great as well, because it'd make me smile. Because if I see how how weird and strange you look when you're like this with a mask on, then it'll probably make me laugh and um, and enjoy myself too. Uh, so we're just going to go into what the Bible says about discipleship. So the scripture we're going to go to with Matthew 28, verse 19, says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'll read that again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as I said before, let's not become familiar because we've heard that scripture many times. It's like, you know, uh, growing up, you know, hearing John 3.16. We hear those scriptures all the time. Matthew 28. We hear that scripture a lot about going and making disciples. Let's, let's look at uh, this word disciple with a fresh heart this morning. And so I looked at, you know, the, um, a, a dictionary called the Vines uh, Dictionary, um, and it kind of gives you a little bit about like, the, the Greek uh, translation of what disciple, what a disciple is, or what uh, the word disciple mean. So the first uh, definition uh, this morning, so sorry, I'm not a, a Greek scholar. Um, I, I'm, I'm a scholar in many other areas, but not Greek. Um, that's a joke. I'm not a scholar at all. Uh, didn't laugh. Um, so, yeah, apologies for my uh, pronunciation of these words for all of you here who are Greek scholars. Uh, so the first word is, uh, says, mathetes. Mathetes. I think that's how you say it. And that means a learner. So a disciple is a learner. Are you someone who is a learner? And it also mentions in, in this definition that a disciple is someone who is an imitator of their teacher. Do you have someone in your world that you can imitate? A godly man or a woman that you can imitate. That's someone that you can learn from. If you don't, find someone. Find someone. And for that definition of a learner, this is where this, these couple of these scriptures, John eight thirty one, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So that word disciple, like a learner. So if you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples because you're someone who is wanting to learn. Someone who leans in and learns. You know, like, you know, when, you know, being a parent with kids, they ask so many questions. You know, as they start to grow up, they, they just ask you ridiculous amount of questions. They don't stop. Who's had, you know, who remembers that or, or is in that season now? Yeah, yeah. So my, my girls, I have three daughters and the younger one, she's only seven months, but she's, so she's not, she's not asking me questions, but I can see it in her eyes. I can see it in her eyes. 
She's, she's asking me, but I'm like, no, no, don't you start now. Like, like just let me get these, let me get the first two through this phase. Um, no, it'll always be. But Addie and Zoe, they, they just ask questions, especially Zoe. She's, what, three, three and a half. And so she's at that, that stage where it's just always questions. Daddy, why this? Daddy, why, why that? So, you know, always wanting to learn. She wants to learn. And that's what it is to be to Zoe. Are you someone that asks questions? Are you someone that is inquisitive, wanting to, to know, wanting to, to learn, wanting to grow? And in John 15 verse 8, it says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Someone who is willing to learn. Someone who puts himself in that position or posture of wanting to learn. The other uh, definition of that um, is... Uh, um, and this kind of has two variations of, of this. So the first is uh, the, uh, in the active, uh, what they call the active voice or the person who acti- acts or actively pursues discipleship. Someone who acts or actively pursues discipleship. And in Matthew 27, verse 57, it says, As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. So that word disciple there talks about that Joseph from Arimathea was someone who actively pursued Jesus. He actively went out of his way to become a disciple of Jesus. Are you someone who actively goes out of your way to be discipled? Do you chase your leader up or you chase your connect leader up or you chase whoever it is that you consider to be that, that's, that person that disciples you or your mentor? Do you chase them up, actively pursue? The second is what is, in called, is called the passive voice or the person who is the recipient. So who is a disciple and has someone actively pursuing them to disciple them? So that's where we get the word disciple in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So someone, you know, who, who is a recipient of someone who pursues them. As I mentioned before, all those uh, kind of examples of people that, that discipled me in my journey, they actively went out of their way to pursue me, to disciple me. But there's this, I I think that there's got to be both. It's not just one or the other. You can't be just someone that has your leader or the person who disciples you. They're they're doing all the chasing. They're they're actively going out of their way to disciple you. But I think there's this this kind of this connection. There's this uh, transaction of they do that for you, but you are also actively pursuing discipleship there's this there's this transaction between the disciple and the disciplee and that's what who we've got to be that's who we're called to be we're called to actively go uh, to to pursue but also be the recipient uh, um, allow yourself to be the recipient of um, being discipled can you sit there and be discipled by your connect leader can you sit there and whoever you consider, do you, do you allow them to speak into every area of your life? If you see the life of Jesus, you see all these stories of people, you know, coming to Jesus, some of them walking away because they couldn't, they couldn't take what Jesus had spoken to them. They didn't understand it. They couldn't comprehend it or, or the cost was too great. But there were some that were able to, like what Jesus said, to take up your cross and follow me. To take up your cross and follow me. So I thought that was interesting just to kind of read what, those, what, you know, what the definition of a disciple is. So I want to speak a little bit now is what it means to be a disciple. What does it mean to be a disciple? And as I said before, you've heard, you heard me speak about earlier about being discipled by many um, people that I was blessed to have in my life. And you know what? Some are still here at this church. As I said, like Paul and Michelle, still here. Others have left. 
some have, some left for, for, for good reasons, some left for not so great reasons and reasons that I, I, I may never understand or don't know, but I, nevertheless, I'm always thankful and grateful in the season that I was able to be discipled by many pe- these people that they were able to teach me things about, about God and about worship that I never you know, would have learnt if I didn't lean in or I didn't allow them to speak into my life. So here are some things that I've learnt about being a disciple. So are we all good this morning? You good? Point number one. This is what I've learned about being a disciple and what it means to be a disciple. Point number one, when you love, you learn. When you love, you learn. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 to 8 says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. When you love, you learn. Do you know that whoever it is that is discipling you is not perfect? and nor will they ever be perfect. I can't ever put that expectation on my pastors, that they will be perfect and that they'll never make a mistake. We, we all make mistakes. But what I've learned is to, that I've learned to just continue to love, to love my leaders. That no matter what, that, you know, what has helped me to do that is to pray for them, to encourage them, to send them encourage, encouraging um, you know, words or messages or texts. And you know, even with saying that, can I just say th- um, thank you to those who sent me messages this morning encouraging me for today. You don't realize how much encouragement that actually uh, brings uh, and, 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 and causes me to go, uh, make me kind of go, yes. I can get up there and, and, I've, and there are people there that are excited to, to, to hear what God has to th- say this morning. So thank you for those who, who messaged me this morning. And that's how, you know, that's how we're all called to be as someone, you know, to be a disciple that I've learned that, you know what, it blesses my leaders when I send them a message, when I encourage them, when I pray for them, when I go out of my way to, to love them. I don't just do it just because I want to make them happy. I do it because I love them. And when I love them, I can learn from them. If I'm not loving them, hey, and there are times where I've been offended, many times. There are many times when I've been offended or if I've gone a little bit feral. And then when I'm in that state and I'm not loving the way that I need to, it's like this, this, there's a block. I can't, I can't learn. I can't grow. I can't receive. But the moment that I remember that I'm called to love, because 1 Corinthians talks about loving, then that, 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 that blockage is released and I can learn once again. So imagine our connects where love is shown, where the love of God is shown. Imagine that. Point number two. When you lean in, you draw out. When you lean in, you draw out. So leaning in for me is, is, a, is a posture. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's my heart being open. You know, as I, as I said at the start of this, is your heart open this morning to receiving? Because I've found that when I lean in, and, and what I've found over the years, that what I do physically is I... I don't know if you do this, but when I'm leaning in, I may be sitting here like this, but I feel like my, my body just moves forward, leans in you know, to, to the front of my chair because I want to learn. And then I feel like you know, that when, when we have, a, um, have a, a, a room of people leaning in, 
we draw out of our, our leaders, our pastors, our connect leaders, or th- whoever it is in your life that, is your, that, that disciples you, you draw out of them because they, they can, it's this heart-to-heart transaction. You can see that there's this, there's this openness and willingness to, to, to grow. And so when you lean in, you draw out. And in Proverbs 20, verse 5, in the King James Version, it says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. See, what happens is you draw out the God deposit inside those who are discipling you. Are you drawing out... This morning, are you, are, you, are you leaning in? Are you drawing out of me this morning that God deposited in my heart? When you, when you sit down together after this service, will you, will you draw out the God deposit inside each other's hearts? In your connect groups, will you draw out of your connect leader's heart? Will you draw out the God deposit? And as a connect leader, will you draw out the God deposit in those you're discipling? It's not just meant to be a, 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 you know, just drawing out of our leaders. No, it's meant to be, I think, I believe we're called to draw out of one another because we all have this unique call. We all have something that God has deposited in, in your hearts that is different, but it's God. It's different, but it's God. It's not called, you know, imagine if, you know, whatever I said, you all had the same experience. We'd never learn anything. We'd never grow. We'd never draw out anything because we all go, well, what he's about to say, I already know. I've had the same experience. No, we all have these different experiences and, and God reveals, you know, he, um, you know, there's revelation that is revealed to each and every one of us that, that is for you. Because God does it because he loves you and you're unique to him, you're special to him and he, and he reveals that to you. So imagine our connects where we're all drawing out of each other that God deposit. So my encouragement with, from this point is that whenever we come to church, whenever we're you know, in, a, um, in any kind of meeting with you know, um, for, or connect group or, or whatever it may be, that you're leaning in. You're leaning in so that you can draw out what is in there that God deposit in their life. Are you someone that is still open to learning? Are you still open to learning? You know, can you learn from younger people? Can you learn from older people? Can you learn from your friend? I ask those questions because this is the journey that I've had to go through. There are people in my life that lead and they're younger than me. There are people in my life who lead and they're older than me. There are people who, in my life who lead me and they're my friend. I've had to learn to lean in so I can draw out of that God deposit. It doesn't matter who they are, whether they're young, whether they're old, whether they're my friend or there's someone that I don't get along with that I learned to, as like point one, I learned to love so I can learn and I lean in so that I can draw out the God deposit. Point number three, when you protect, you form a bond. When you protect, you form a bond. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 20 and verse 16 to 17, It says, So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Before this scripture, we read about Jonathan's dad, Saul, who tried to kill David because he was jealous of him, and and he knew that God had called David to be the next king of Israel. But Jonathan, Saul's son, had in his heart because he had this love for David that he's like, no, 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 I'm going to protect him. I'm going to protect him even though my dad is the king. I see what he's doing is wrong, but I'm, because I have this, this friendship, I have this love with David, I'm going to protect him. And out of that forms a bond. And I'll tell you what, you know, eight years ago or so, whatever, I think eight, about eight years ago, we had to put this into practice. We had, you know, I, I don't want to, um, you know, stay on this point for too long, but we basically, we had 
people in the church who didn't agree with what was going on, so they decided to leave. And that was really close to home for me because there was people in my life that were really close and they, were, they decided to, to leave. And for whatever reason, I may not ever understand, but what I learned was that I'm called to protect my leaders. I'm called to be an armour bearer for my pastors. And that's the conviction that I had in my heart, no matter the cost. So are you someone that protects your leaders or someone that, you know, that, that whenever you, whoever is uh, the person that disciples you, are you someone that, that will go out of your way to protect them? Do you protect one another? That even if you did the, you know, you made a mistake or you said something wrong or you hurt someone, but that you can still protect someone. You can still, it's not saying that what they, whatever happened is, you know, that is right or wrong. It's saying that, but in your heart, that you're still someone that will love them and that will protect them and say, hey, I'm, I'm still here with you, even if whatever you did was wrong. I'm still here with you because I'm going to stand with you and, and walk with you through this journey. Because when we go through battles together, a bond is formed. So imagine our connects where there's this, this tight-knit bond because we go through you know, we might go through battles together. You know, you, you have your connects and you might hear people's stories and go, you know, someone might share how they're struggling. But then together you, you, you join together and you pray for that situation. You're going in that battle together. You're going, you're going in and, and protecting. You're standing with them and saying, hey, you don't need to stand on, the, on your own with this. I'm here with you. And as, and as someone who um, is, uh, you know, is being discipled, and what it means to be a disciple, then I've learned that I'm called to, to stand with my leaders, to stand with those who are around me who are being discipled with me. And we're called to, to, to protect one another. We're called to, to, to stand with each other through life's ups and downs. Point number four, when you are hungry, you grow. I, I knew that many years ago. The more I ate, the more I grew. Um, and then I... Haha, <laughs> joke, I got fat. Um, <laughs> you get it now? Yeah, yeah, cool. Took a little bit, we got there. Uh, when you're hungry, you grow. It's so true. Matthew 5 verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be filled. Are you hungry to learn? When you go to your connect or when you come to church or when you are in, a, in, a, in an environment where, where it's meeting and, and, you know, you have someone, you know, um, leading you or discipling you, are you hungry to learn? Do you come ready or do you, do you come with a familiar heart? And if I'm honest, there are times where I've come with a familiar heart. If we're all honest, we've probably all been there. We, we can all get there. Because, you know, whatever we're going through, we can allow life's ups and downs to kind of affect us and to, and to, and to cause us to, you know, because the, the, the devil will do whatever he can to, to cause you to l take your eyes off Jesus. The moment you start to take your eyes off Jesus, you don't become hungry anymore for God. You, you forget, to, you forget to, to, to love. You forget to protect. You forget to honor You become familiar. But when you decide and choose to know I'm called to fix my eyes on Jesus, then something happens. Something happens in your heart, in your spirit. Familiarity goes away. You become hungry and thirsty for more of God. And God fills you. He fills you. Imagine our connects. We're all... All those who are in there are hungry. Imagine that atmosphere. Imagine coming in and, you know, you know people might, yeah, it doesn't mean that you, you know, ignore, you know, or, you know, things that you might be going through, but you, you can say, you know what, I'm going through some really challenging things right now, but Jesus, I'm going to fix my eyes on you and I've got a group of people around me that are protecting me, that are loving me, that are standing with me, so I don't need to focus on you know, like this morning we sung about being still and said, let go of all worry. We, we, we let go of the worry and just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we lean in and we grow.
Point number five, when you are humble, you honour. When you are humble, you honour. Proverbs 18 verse 12 says, Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honour. Humility comes before honour. You know the times where I found it hard to honour? It's because I've become proud. Think, I think that I know better. I think that I, I probably have a better way or I would do things differently or, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, what they do isn't so great. I can, I can do this better and, I, and it starts to become more about me. But then what happens is that, you know, like before you become a little bit feral, a little bit, you know, uh, whatever you're involved in starts to become a little bit, oh, I don't know, there's something wrong here. You can sense that you can either choose to, you know, you can either keep being proud or you can choose to, to humble yourself. You can either humble yourself or you allow God to humble you. And uh, so I'd, I'd rather humble myself uh, than to have God humble me because who knows what that, um, that humbling moment uh, might be. So I'd prefer to get on my knees and say, God, I humble myself before you. Forgive me for my pride. Let's be a people that are humble, that are humble, because out of that place of humility will come honour. I'm able to honour my leaders when I'm in that place of humility. Imagine our connects where, you know, where, you know, because there's a, a group of people who are humble, but honour abounds. Honour abounds. And honour isn't just an upwards thing, but it's an outwards thing as well. We all honour. We are all called to honour one another. How do we speak to one another? This one, how do we speak about one another? If we're all honest, we probably have moments where we probably walked away going after speaking about someone going, I probably shouldn't have said that. Or if I'd said that, I probably could have said that a different way. But we're called to, to honour one another. We're called to love one another, honour one another. And to what I found that when what's made it easy for me to honour is when I've gotten rid of my pride and I've humbled myself. And the Bible talks about humbling yourself before the Lord. And so now, in these next few minutes, what does it mean to make a disciple? And over the years, I've been blessed to be able to, to, to um, you know, have people that, and privileged to have people to disciple that I've seen, you know, grow that I've seen become, you know, uh, you know, awesome uh, leaders, uh, great employees, wonderful parents, you know. So I've had people in, in that I've had the, the, the honour of being able to, to disciple. You've heard me say this before, and you've heard Pastor Joel say this before as well, but I was able to, in Pastor Joel's um, early years in youth, that I was blessed to be able to disciple Pastor Joel. Another person is, is Andy Dodd, who, who is now um, a, an assistant uh, pastor out at um, Orange. Orange, And, you know, there are people, and there are many people that are here, you know, uh, some on the stage and some, you know, serving elsewhere that have had the honour of being able to disciple. You know, it might be only for a short period of time, or for some it might be an extended period of time, but I have been so blessed to be able to, to disciple others. And so here are some things that I've learned about making disciples. Point number one, loving unconditionally. Loving unconditionally. John 13 verse 34 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. John 13 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're called to love with no condition, without an agenda. That's what God does for, for you and for me. God doesn't have an agenda when he loves us. He just loves us. He loves you. He, he loves you unconditionally. There's no condition on you. He loves you. 
There are people in your world or in your connects that just need someone to genuinely love them. Even if they fall over and make a huge mistake, there are people in your connects or there will be people in your world that will make mistakes and all they need is someone to genuinely love you. Some, some people may not even make mistakes, but they've grown up in a, in a, in a, in a family or in a, um, an environment where they did not feel genuine love. We're called to give genuine love. The love that God has for you and for me, that's the same love that we're called. We're not called to judge. But imagine our connects where we love one another unconditionally. Point number two, and I've, I've, um, I'm going over time a little bit here, but point number two, being genuine. You know, uh, in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, this is uh, the story about Jesus with Zacchaeus. And it says, Jesus entered uh, Jericho and was passing through. A man uh, was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, shout out to all the short people, um, he could not see over the crowd. Know that, know that problem. I know that problem. Um, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, uh, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. Jesus was just genuine with Zacchaeus in that moment. He did not care what Zacchaeus' past was like. He was like, I love that. I must stay at your house. Has anyone said that to you? I must come to your house. Uh, you must not. Uh, you must stay home. Does <laughs> anyone like get like a bit sassy with that? Yeah, yeah. I like saying sassy at the moment because my girls get all sassy with me. So I tell them to um, stop being sassy. I must stay at your house today. And I love that Jesus just genuinely just wanted to just spend time with Zacchaeus. And that's how our connects are called to be. We genuinely just want to spend time with each other, that we give time to one another, that I give time to those who I'm discipling. And this is a thought that I had that, you know what, because often we want to see people, you know, um, we want to see them raise up, we want to see them going and doing things for God. But you know what, discipleship isn't a sprint. It's just an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. Discipleship is not a sprint. It's not about if I just meet up with them three times a week, then by three months they'll be able to run their, their connect group and then they'll have 20 and then three months from there those 20 will have all their 20. You know what? Everyone's walk will be different. It's not a sprint. And often if you're trying to, you know, to see or to force your connect group to, growing, to grow, then sometimes we might forget that actually we just need to be genuine. We just need to genuinely care. Imagine our connects where everyone is genuinely interested in one another, genu genuinely kind and caring towards one another. Imagine those connect groups. Imagine our houses that are like that, our homes. Imagine new people coming in and just encountering that kindness, that, that love, that, that, um, that, that, that uh, caring towards one another. Imagine that. Uh, point number three is trusting God. I'll tell you what, trusting God is a big thing, is, a, is a massive thing when it comes to making disciples because you can watch those who you're discipling make some decisions or go down a path that you're thinking, don't go that way. Don't do that. And some will listen and turn off that path, but there are some that won't. And they have to go and make their own mistakes. And I've learned that I've just got to trust in God. In Psalm 56 verse 3, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. John 14 verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I found that I'm not called, uh, my job is to not control people. To not force them come back, to come back on the path but I'm called to trust God. I can pray for them. I can love them. I can care for them. I can provide a, a loving environment and a home that will always be open 
to them. But if someone chooses to make that choice to, to walk away or to walk down a different path, I've learnt just to trust in God. Even when I've been afraid or worried about that person, I've just had to walk away and pray and go, God, I put my trust in you. May you lead that person. May you guide them along their journey. And may you help me just to continue to love them and to love them with no condition, no, no agenda. Our job isn't to fix people. That's what Jesus does. He is the healer and restorer. So when, if you, whoever you're discipling, if you're worried about someone, don't just go straight to that person with your worry and, 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 and kind of um, you know, speak to them out of that place of worry. Run to God first. Run to God first. If you're still unsure, then go to your, someone you trust or a leader just to talk it through and to talk through how then you can, can lead that person or what to say to that person. And then if, you, then if you feel then to speak to that person, then you can come from a place of love, not from a place of fear. Point number four, and a couple points to go. Speak destiny and the calling of God. Judges 6 verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. 1 Timothy verse 6, 11 to 12, but you... This is Paul speaking to Timothy. But you men of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love and endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I love that Paul speaking over Timothy's life, reminding him who he is called to be. God sending the angel of the Lord to, to Gideon reminding him that he is called to be a mighty warrior, even in that moment when he felt like he was the weakest of all the people in, that, um, in, in the land. God said, no, you are a mighty warrior. And that's what we're called as leaders to do, is to speak greatness, to speak life over people. I had, I've had leaders be able to speak into my life, in those moments when you see who you see God has called them to be. Do you see who God has called, you know, whoever it is you're leading? Do you, do you see how God sees them? Do you see them who God has called them to be? It's not about speaking people's destiny just so you can get them to do what you want. But it's doing it because you're calling out the greatness of God in their life because you genuinely want to see them step into who all that God has called them to be. And I tell you what, that there are times that people will never know that they've sent me an encouraging word and I have felt so discouraged before that, but then they've sent an encouraging message or they phone me up and just say, hey, I just feel to encourage you. Or that in that moment where I felt the opposite, that they've spoken the call of God over my life or messaged me an encouraging message and it reminded me, oh, that's right. That's who I'm called to be. That's what God has called me to do. Are we that for our connect groups? Are we that for who, who um, ever we've got the responsibility of discipling? Are we that for one another? Are we that for one another in this room that we call out the, the God destiny upon each other? Or are we so busy just trying to get through our life and, 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 and the little thing that I've got to do and, you know, and, the, and the, the role that I have? Or can we let push that aside and go, God, on a Sunday when I come to church, who is it that I can, can encourage? Who is it that I can speak the God destiny over? Imagine our connects where we're speaking out the God call, the God destiny over one another. And the last point for this morning is what I've found and what I've learned about um, making disciples, opening your home. Opening your home. In Acts 2 verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I love that, that in their homes they, they ate together. They, they spent time together. 
There is something special about opening our homes and opening our hearts to, um, you know, to those who you're discipling. You know, Karen and myself, we can't wait for, uh, we have to wait for our house to be finished, for renovated, but our house is being renovated at the moment. But we can't wait to, for our house to be finished because part of the reason why we wanted to have that it was very small before that, but um, so we wanted to increase the size so that way we can have people come over, that our that our home would be open to people, that we can have people come over and we can just you know spend time together, eat food together, laugh together, pray together, worship together, whatever that may be, just doing life together, opening your home. So there, there are some, and I know there, there are many more things that we could learn about what it means to make a disciple and what it means to being a disciple. There could be many more things. But I hope that this morning that, that you've been encouraged, that you've learned something, that something from this morning has spoken to your heart and that has, has caused you to think, I want to think about that a little bit more. I want to, I want to learn how to do that. Then why don't we just we'll just close our eyes for this moment? We're just going to finish in, in a moment. But if if any of that spoke to you this morning, and um, because obviously with with the restrictions we can't um, do any uh, praying at the front or, or laying on of hands. But hey, if um, if um, you know Peter can walk and and his shadow. Um, can heal people, then uh, we can believe that from the front, that as I pray for you this morning, that God can do far above and more than whatever we can um, hope or imagine. So if any of that spoke to you this morning about being a disciple, if you're someone here that you think to yourself, you know what, I want to, I genuinely want to be a disciple. What we learned about that before, someone who is a learner, someone who, who um, not only um, actively pursues to disciple people, but someone who, who actually is um, a recipient of those who are actively pursuing, that we would go out of our way to be discipled. They would do whatever we can to be discipled. If you're someone here that, that just wants to, to continue to um, you know, walk down that path about what it really is to be discipled, well, I'm going to pray for you in the moment. I'm not asking, you don't have to lift your hands, but you can, in your heart, um, yeah, we'll be praying for you. And if you're someone here, you think, you know what, I really want to be better and, and, and improve and, and, and grow um, making disciples. I don't want to do it just to kind of, just to, to please um, my leaders or to please men or to, to make people happy, but I just want to do it because I have a heart to, 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 to make disciples. I, uh, my heart is, is, is your heart, God. I've, I've learned your heart and I just want to go out and make disciples. I want to see people encounter the love of God. I want to see people to people grow. I want to call out the God destiny on, on, on those whom I'm discipling. I want to love them unconditionally. I want to be genuinely kind to them. Well, I'm going to pray for you also. So as your eyes are closed, in your heart, you just in your heart, you just open your heart to God this morning and allow Him just to just to speak to you, just to minister to you in this moment. So Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you that we um, have this amazing church family. Lord, I thank you that that we are so blessed to be able to have people disciple us. And Lord, as being disciples, Lord, I pray that Lord that you would teach us to be people who, who lean in, people who draw out, people who love, people who are willing to grow. Lord, people who are humble so that we can honour And Lord, that as people that who are making disciples, Lord, may you, may you continue to teach us around what it is to go out and make disciples. Lord, that we would not go out and do things just to, to kind of to, to make people do things for us, to go out and have an agenda or, or to love conditionally, but Lord, that we would love unconditionally. That we would make disciples the way that you showed Jesus. How you set that example for us. So may we continue to learn and may we continue to grow. 
before we finish here, also we just want to give a moment for, for those of you here who, who may not have given your heart to Jesus before. If you're here and you want to commit your life to Jesus and give your heart to Jesus, why don't you just raise, while, while our eyes are closed, why don't you just raise your hands where you are? Or if you want to recommit your heart, thank you. Thank you. And once you put your hand up, you can put it back down. And I'm just going to pray for you this morning. I just ask that you just, uh, everyone here, just to, to, um, to join in with us as we pray to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross for my sins. And this morning, I give my heart to you. I choose to follow you. I choose to walk your way. Holy Spirit, help me, lead me, and guide me. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.